0: I think the definition of greatness is to inspire the people next to you. It's how can you inspire a person to then in turn inspire another person? And that's how you create something that I think lasts forever. That's our challenge as people, is to figure out how our story can impact others and motivate them in a way to create their own greatness. On three podcast
1: hosted by
0: Hans, Evan, and Lou.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Three on Three podcast, your new favorite podcast about all things basketball. I am Hans Lewidor. I'm joined with Evan and Lou, my homies here. Welcome, fellas. This Yo. is our first show out the gate. I'm excited. We got a lot of things coming up for you guys today. Um, we're gonna talk about predictions we got going on for the NBA season. We're also gonna give you guys a little insight into us, your hosts here, and why we're doing this and why we love the game as much as we do, man. I'm just excited. Fellas, how you guys doing today, man? How are you guys doing?
3: In the words of the great thespian, Mr. Rogers, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood happy to be here
2: i like that like that bars bars how you Mm. feeling lou how can we block his square
1: immediately
2: (laughs) (laughs) block him block him we also got our pod mamba behind the scenes making sure that this show is pristine when it comes to production so he'll be here you'll be hearing from him throughout the show maybe maybe not we'll see how he feels you know he'll chime in whenever necessary but guys without further ado let's get started first and foremost man let's share why we love the game how did we fall in love with basketball i know we all have stories that we could share for days but let's start with my boy ev man so why the nba how did you fall in love with the game man when was it for you absolutely
3: man and you know this this love affair with the nba that that has brought me brought us to this this podcast point it started for me when i was nine years old man i moved to georgia uh and the house that we moved to there was a, a big park right next door to it and it had a it had a, a basketball goal to it this was at the same time when tnt was really getting jumping with the with the uh the games like twice a week ernie gotcha. johnson was going and so i'm i'm watching basketball at night getting the local team uh, the hawks uh Three times a week as well and then yeah. I'm at the park each day playing basketball so I'm trying to do what I see on TV you know whether it's the the Penny Hardaway's the Akeem Olajuwon's all the players the good players in the 90s not you know not to mention the obvious ones the Jordans and whatnot I'm watching them at night coming out to the park in the morning trying to trying to emulate what I see on the other side of the hill from the, from my house was was a big park where they went to play ball every day. And I remember going over there to play ball and remember wanting to get to the point where I was good enough to be able to play on a grown up court mm. right? cause, cause for a while, Take had the main court, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, you had the nicknames like fabulous and magic out there and what yeah, yeah, <laughs> <And> I <laughs> yeah. wanted to bust I wanted to bust those guys, you know, yeah, so you
2: wanted a nickname, let's go exactly. <laughs>
3: exactly. So you know, I'm little, you know, well, I'm in you know, I'm a little older now, and then it's it's during the day. I'm on my court, especially in the summer, you know, harnessing my skills. And then at six o'clock after dinner, I'm going over the hill, going to Warren mm-hmm. Road, you know, trying to, all right, let's, let's, let's get it, you know, let's try to do my thing at the at the big park. So that's where basketball just became, you know, just everything to me. Traveling to different places, the ball, you, you know, playing at high school, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Sorry to interrupt you, but good, you gotta give some background because where did you move from? Because you are. A uh, what fan?
3: Oh, absolutely. I'm a New York <laughs> Knicks fan. I moved wow. from I moved from New York. I was born in the Bronx. Uh, you know, moved moved to Georgia. Uh, you know, story we'll get into another day. I still blame OJ Simpson for costing the Knicks the finals in uh in '94. Wow. 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 Uh, we'll talk, we'll talk that story another day. Uh <laughs> but you know, just just tying real life Brown basketball code. into what I was seeing on the <laughs> on TV uh every night. You know, that's just it's manifested that joy for basketball that's that's carried on for years and years, and it leads us here today, where you know we were we we've been talking basketball every day for years. Hans, Lou, I, we send texts back and forth all the time about it. Why not put it into a platform that can share these stories, share share these ideas and nuances with the world, and just and give back to the basketball conversation? So that's that's what's
1: done it for me. Facts, 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 Lou. When did you man. fall in love with the game, my guy? Look, I mean, let's. I'm, I'm gonna put it very clearly right now. I'm like the Chic Lucha crew. All right, Like, you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> Jada my favorite, Styles? Man, don't do that. Hey, I'm just saying, and, Hey, say, yo, everybody know Jada Styles. You know what I mean, but Chic? I mean, he the homie's like, yo, know I mean, did he want to rap or did he just want to hang with his homies? But <laughs> for me. I mean, that's really how, I, I mean, th- thankfully, you know, the fellas, they, they brought me in. And, and really where I fell in love with the game is, is very simple. Being, you know, kid, son of an immigrant, man, you come in, there's a few teams that they're always going to watch. They're watching the Lakers, the Knicks, or they're watching Michael Jordan. And then, uh, you know, I mean, for me, I fell in love with watching Michael Jordan, um, the AIs, the Kobe's, and all that, you know, the young guys, the T-Macs because of, the, you know, the athleticism, I mean, it was always cool to see what, you know, similar like to Evan, but I mean, my goal, I just wanted to dunk a ball because I just see, it looks so dope. You know what I mean? How these guys just would float through the air, uh, like his airness himself. So, you know what I mean? Jordan is the reason I, I really fell in love with the game. I had all the books. And Jordan's like growing up story, all of that. Wanted the sneakers. And then fast forward, I mean, I've stayed a Bulls fan ever since, you know, through through. The joys and the pains. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that's what the game is for me, and I mean, I love how it not just as a sport, but also how it transcended popular culture, uh, style, fashion, all of that. Um, and and, and that's why, and I fall in love with the game.
3: Being nice, a Bulls nice. fan as a child is like it's like believing in Santa Claus, and then you growing up, and then you find out he's not real. Cause You, ha- you yeah. haven't had Christmas since the 90s, man, but <laughs> I haven't, I
1: haven't I, I, but I had, haven't had it since getting... I was born, though. So you All right, know. look, man. It's tough out we're, here. We're blaming OJ. <laughs>
2: <laughs> facts, facts, facts. Well, for me, fellas, um, similar to Lou in the sense of, you know, coming from a Haitian immigrant background, you know, sports that were being watched was soccer or basketball um and then my father watched tennis as well so I watched tennis uh by virtue of growing up but I might get a little deeper and I'm gonna keep it short I know the pop mom is gonna give me time in. but I fell in love to the game with the game because it was the great equalizer so I grew up Lou knows this Evan to a certain extent by virtue of his wife uh we grew up in a time where it wasn't cool to be Haitian Um, especially up top, up north, you know, things that were going on in the community. We were getting blamed for AIDS and things of that Mm -hmm. nature. So coming from, you know, the great island, first free black nation, put some respect on our name. Talk about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you were treated differently. Um, So it was harder to fit in. And, you know, I got an accent. I speak Creole. I speak French. Um, So one thing I did know and realized, though, is when you got on that court, you know, it was the great equalizer. And um, I'm super old school to where I first learned how to play on a bottom-out milk crate. So um, that's how I made my first friends. And, you know, it just it kept going from there. So I fell in love with the game because it allowed me to really be accepted somewhat in this American culture. And it allowed me an avenue to make friends, which I have right now, right? These guys here, I've balled with them. I've been on the court with these two fellas. We've had our wars. We've gone against each other. We've teamed up and gone with people. So we've had our wars. So it still rings true to my life till this day. I fell in love with the game because it gave me an opportunity to, for lack of a better term, be accepted by my community. Um, and, you know, be given a shot in multiple ways. So, you know, um, I have my share of heartbreak as well. So in my household, the Knicks were watched and the Lakers were watched because that's what my dad was a fan of. And You know, I got to root against my father. So with the Lakers being on the West Coast, they played a lot against the Blazers. So I remember seeing Clyde, the Glide, you know, just seeing him go through there right before he went to Houston. So I fell in love with the Blazers and I'm loyal. I've been with them ever since. Haven't had a championship since before I was born in the 70s. You know, thank you, Mr. Walton. Um, But <laughs> you know, that's my squad. I love them, man. I love them. I can't can't take anything away from them, man. But that's my story, man. That's in that's true the fashion.
1: Did
0: you, the loves an, did you also see the Did you also see the Portland front office take Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan?
2: I did, I did. Um, Former Laker player Sam Bowie say that. Yeah, say your
0: that. dad,
3: your dad, is a Knicks fan, I knew we've always gotten along well for some reason. It, it, it all, it all makes
2: sense now. <laughs> it makes sense. And it's you coming say, together, huh?
3: And you, and you talk about being on the court. Yeah, you are Hans on the podcast, but I've always called you Hans Worthy for a reason. So you know, that's, <laughs> that's that's how that's how basketball breaks barriers and builds friendships.
2: Yeah, man, definitely, and I. I'm ever thankful for the game, just like I'm ever thankful for you guys and your friendship by virtue of the game, man. it, it Like Lou says, it transcends the court. It brings people together. Um, it really just is the great equalizer, y'all. So thank you for sharing, man. Let's get moving, y'all. So like I said, the season is underway. It's the greatest time of year for me. I love when basketball is coming out because – We always have some type of foolishness in the summer, so there's always trades happening, so we're always anticipating what's going on, what's going to happen in the season. So we're here to give you our predictions from what we've seen so far with this craziness trades happening in the offseason, these new rookies showing us what they're working with during the preseason. So we're going to start off with basically our individual award predictions. We're going to give you guys our predictions for MVP most improved, six-man of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year. So let's start off with the lesser ones, per se, real quick. And let's start off with most improved. Lou, who do you think is going to be the most improved player in the NBA this season?
1: Yo, you know, look, man, this is an O to you, my man. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I think, I think Ayton is going to be be the guy the most important okay, Portland you know, center. Think, yeah. You know, I think he, he you know, he's coming to Portland. It's a breath of fresh air for him. Uh, it wasn't working for him in Phoenix. He clearly wasn't wanted. Uh, and I think it was evident, you know, just on the plate on the court, off the court. And, and I think what Aiden's going to do, he's going to make it a point to, to, to emphasize the fact that you know, he deserved to be drafted as high as he was. He deserved to be somebody that a team can build around. And I think that he's going to look to try to make Portland his long-term home by by really making a statement as as looking and trying to be a top center, uh, not just on the Western Conference, but also in the in the NBA. So look out for Aiton being the most improved this 22, or rather this 23, 24 season.
2: I can't disagree with you on that. I think him moving to the situation will kind of free him up. The burden will be lifted off of his shoulder from what he was trying to carry in Phoenix and what they wanted him to do that wasn't working out. There was a lot of pressure on him. Now, granted, yes, we're not in any contention by any means for a championship. Uh, We're looking at playing at best, if I'm honest. So it really just gives him the opportunity to just go out there and ball. So I, I really see that happen, and I really do. Um, and just to stay on the Portland tip, my most improved was going to be Anthony Simons because I feel like at the end of the day, he's going to take that mantle sort of set for, uh, for Dane. Now, again, it, I get it. Scoots there. He's going to ball out. He's going to do his thing as well too. But I also think that Simons has some type of experience with the system. He's worked with Billups already for a year or so. And he's just really been itching to kind of step up and show out and let everybody know, like, look, He's a legit starting shooting guard slash point guard. What's a guard? We discussed this already um, <laughs> in this league, and he can carry that mantle. He can give you, he can give you twenty twenty three like solid. And I think that pairing him with the freedom that Aiden has, it's gonna play well off of each other. I really do think that Anthony Simons like he's gonna make that next lead. That's my pick for most improved. But I definitely see
1: eight too, though. That's a so. Do you see? Yeah, do you see Simons being stepping up as being the, the leader of, of Portland now? Moving so forward. I'm going to be real. So I
2: know it's just preseason. From school, what I've seen, it didn't really wow me. It really didn't. But, you know, he had some kind of low showings and Simons came out in the preseason and balled. and really did. So I think that the learning curve for him is going to take a little bit for school. So I really do think that Simons is going to lead it, so to say. But I think once... Um, school gets that learning curve it's going to be given to him because I think that's who the franchise is going to go after mm-hmm. now granted the only way I see it going differently is if Aiton like balls out balls out you get what I'm saying
1: like he can then be the cornerstone of the team
2: you get what I'm saying like lives up to exactly. his number one pick like I'm that guy ball out yep. ball out I don't know I don't yep.
1: know it's interesting so, man We'll we'll stay tuned to see what happens in Portland hey i so
0: thought hi. from a Hans, uh, quick, quick question. This is the producer of the three on three of three on three, uh, Christian Gonzalez. You know, I just want to chime in real quick. Uh, I have a Bob quick question. For, I just have a quick question for Hans. Um, does is it just me or does Anthony Simons look like a Walmart version of Bi? Oh, he really?
3: absolutely looks like his little brother. He's a um, great He's a great Walmart
2: value person. Yeah. Get out of here.
0: Well, I Get mean. I'm just like as far as looks wise, doesn't he kind of look like bi? He he, he
3: no, looks he like does, his right. little brother. He looks like yeah. he does, look right?
2: Like they're cousins.
3: they looks like he looks like the, he looks like if Brandon Ingram's in twelfth grade, uh, Anthony Simons is in
0: ninth grade or maybe eighth grade. I need yeah. a paternity test no, done no. quickly because I'm trying to figure something <laughs> out. <No. laughs> Listen,
2: as long as so, his, this, as long as he doesn't give a showing like Brandon did during this uh, FIBA, that's that's what we don't need. So I, I need so, him to. So,
3: so the one thing I was gonna I was gonna say to the to the Aiden pick my only thought of it from a from a most improved player standpoint is that we've seen Aiden as a twenty and ten player before, uh you know he's he's gotten respect during Phoenix's championship run, right, and then he regressed the the couple of years afterwards. So from an award standpoint, would he get the recognition for returning? to his level of play with you know with with slight improvement like if you've established the level already to an extent that you can get to and then you regress will you get rewarded for returning back to it Um, the interesting thing about the Aiden and the the Simon's pick is that combined you're making you're kind of making the argument that the team would be better than expected And I think that's the pathway to one of them getting, winning that award is that the bar is set low for the Blazers as a team uh, from a, from a projection standpoint. Uh, So if they over, you know, if they overachieve from their expect, if they're actually in the mix, I think that's the biggest argument for one of those two players uh, winning that award even more so than the numbers that they put up because they've been putting up numbers for, for a couple of years. Um, it's, it's putting some unexpected success team success behind those numbers. Um, so I could, I, I could see that as a pathway. If that were to take place, um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, do they, are they, are they trying to embrace being bad or are they trying to embrace being as good as possible? um mm. so I think that'll be that that'll be interesting to see and that'll play out itself somewhat based on just how they come out the season and do um I won't I won't I won't set you up to give us your feelings on uh Chauncey Billups as a coach right now um but you know depending on how they come out the gate I think I think that'll that'll play their team success is going to dictate their their award success
2: got you well since you got the mantle man give us your pick man most improved eh
3: so I'm looking at Cade Cunningham um, and I bounced around a couple of different players, but I landed our Cade and, and, and here's the reason why, you know, he had his rookie season. Uh, I think his rookie year was underwhelming for a four, number one pick gets hurt like five games into his, his, his second season. And so we didn't see that, that leap, uh, that second year leap, you know, that, that you see from players expect that he took the time off to, to get stronger, uh, because his his game type, he's not an ex the most explosive athlete. So his game is predicated on that strength, kind of in that 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 Luca mindset, that big guard mindset. It was interesting to see. Uh, we heard the stories. Uh, team USA using him as a select team, as as the Luca model uh, for them in in training and and the positive reviews from him in that in that mindset. So if he's gonna be the man for Detroit. This is the season where he takes that leap, both physically and just from a game standpoint to start putting it together. And if he's going to be who he's expected to be as a, as a number one pick with the ball in his hands, you'll see the numbers that have that improvement from where he was really from his rookie year. And I think he'll get the attention that, that'll give him uh, that, that most improved player. Uh, momentum from an odd standpoint i mean he has the fourth lowest odds of of all players for winning that award according to fan duel so i think that the momentum could potentially be there if he shows the growth uh you know in, into what is his third season in the league
2: I think also the FIBA showing has definitely given him a boost in exposure for that. Um, Just watching the games I saw, I saw improvement for him. But I think similar to your Blazers take, there's going to have to be some improvement in team success as well, too, for him to continue to get that exposure. Because unfortunately, Detroit is kind of like a black hole. Uh, right now at least or has been for a couple of years when it comes to uh, just viewership period right we don't see any Detroit games unless you're really a baller you got league passing you're kind of tuning in or they're playing your team you're seeing it but I do think that he is primed to take a leap I know when I was watching him during feedback I was like oh okay like you know so I, you know I can see it so I'm pretty sure other people did see it the question is will that impression last or be um, reinforced throughout the season and and it goes to be seen. It goes to be seen. All right, fellas, let's keep it moving. All right, who y'all got for sixth man of the year coming off the bench? Who's going to make that noise, Evan? Who's going to make that noise? So
3: I'm going with Malik Monk, uh, Sacramento Kings. And I think this is this is as much a, a story of fit as it is a player who has been maturing and growing into himself over the past five years what we saw last year you know he came off the bench but he was basically a five and a half man uh last year is what i, I would call it uh, you know they had a herder would would start the games kevin herder but malik monk has that chemistry with De'Aaron fox it goes back to their, their year in kentucky you can see the confidence in this game he's always been a bucket getter i think that again that team that team success uh part of the of the story uh, does play a part i think that he'll get the minutes i think that he'll get the opportunities to to score because in their offense because they're such a high powered offense they need him to bring that volume in order for them to be most successful because they're not, you know, they're not a defensive team. So I think the numbers will be there. I think the continued fit in the offense will be there and he'll, he'll have the opportunities. He, he may play more minutes off the bench than all of these, these other six man candidates. Uh, so I, I think, I think Malik Moss going to be going to be right there. Now if Sacramento falters some, of course, they were third in the West last year, the West is, is fully loaded this year if if they falter some that's going to hurt his campaign some but if they maintain that level of competitive competitiveness in the west he's going to be a big part of that so so i see malik mark as, as a good pick for for Sixth man of the year
2: solid solid definitely with how sacramento was trending and like you said he was kind of like five and a half so i wonder if he'll be able to fully embrace that role depending on how the lineup is going but they are really still trending in that direction. We saw in the preseason, like, the way they're playing Golden State, it's, like, a f- legit, like, regular season game. They got that fire. So, I love to see it. Can't wait to see. Who you got, Lou?
1: Well, I got the, the, the kid out in, in L.A., man. We're staying on the West Coast, but I'm going with with Rui. Mm. I think I think Rui's, uh, his, I know Austin Reeves. Gets, yeah, Austin Reeves gets talked a lot about, you know, the young guys on that, on that squad, and I think Reeves is, you know, found him his spot as a, as a starter now. So um, I think Rui's going to be the guy. Um, Vanderbilt, I think he's their starting power forward at the moment. And, um, you know, I think Rui already averages more points well, as of last season, I average more points than him. And then you saw what Rui did. Uh, he was a big part in in, in their, post-season, uh, their postseason run. So, you know, I think Rui's going to really come out and um, get more time Really show his impact and what he really means to to the Lakers squad, uh, and you're gonna see his stock go up, man. And I think he's gonna be really that sixth guy that's really gonna give them what they need and lead the second unit, um, even you know as, as a as a young guy in the league. So I mean, watch out for Rui. I'm expecting to see some some things out of that dynamic for. Definitely.
3: I think the thing yeah. you said that's most uh, relevant there is that Vanderbilt is starting, but Rui might be a better fit from an offensive standpoint Mm -hmm. if if he continues with that three-point shot that he showed last last year uh you know 11 points per game last year four and a half rebounds he looks he looks huge on the screen uh don't pause me lou uh but uh you know he's (laughs) you know but so if he if he continues that fit next to next to lebron being that release valve uh for for the offense i could see it the only thing with Rui is is that three four months that we saw is that who he is or was it everybody we saw you know all that we saw before that so this year is gonna is gonna tell a lot about the truth of Rui Hachimura. and so if he's if he's the the glass half full size yeah i think that's a great value pick for a six man of the year if he's a glass half empty size i think yeah he'll he'll be traded with uh uh, Neymar, Russell for Kyrie by February, but.
0: Absolutely Stop! I'm that. about to say, man. <laughs> don't do that.
1: Poke in the bed, F. like even though I know I'm not an Austin Reeves believer, but I'm not. I mean, that's not the conversation. So you know, we'll, I we'll do see.
2: think he's Rui's the key, though. If absolutely. he, like F says, performs on the glass tap side, like to me, that
0: for me, it was whether
2: ex- they're a contender. Exactly. Championship. If exactly. he performs, I think they're a legit contender. If he doesn't perform,
1: I don't think they. I'm got I'm not it. gonna say championship, but I think they will. They they have the uh the chance to make a deep playoff run with right. a guy like Rui, who again, you know, Rui is who who people want Tobias Harris to be. You know what I mean? That's what I think. You know what I mean, if if we if we if Rui continues on this glass half full, on perspective, right? Because I think you know again that perimeter game opens things up for sure, helps the Lakers be able to, especially because now LeBron, if LeBron can, I mean, who knows how much gas he has left in the tank, you know, I and mean, I think he continues to surprise us, but the big example of what Evan is saying is like, look, if he, if he can really be somebody who can, especially in the second unit, be able to take that load off pause and then be able to just continue to help the team, you know, propel forward, I think that, yo, for me, it's an easy it's an easy pick uh, for Rui to be six man of the year.
2: Got you. So, my pick is with uh, the Clippers. I'm going with Terrence Mann. The reason I'm going with him over, you would say, a what, Norman Powell or so, is I'm anticipating injuries. I'm anticipating injuries, and Norman Powell's going to get thrust on the Clippers. Into... Look, 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 right. You're anticipating injuries
1: on the Clippers? Come I know. On, man. And it's a, get... sad, oh, what it it's a
3: sad state of affairs. Just but, but but I got, keep, keep going. I got, I got words for this, 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 contra, <laughs> this is some so, contradictory takes here, but continue. I,
2: I'm just saying I'm expecting some type of injuries or load management or whatever. And Terrence, man, I think he's going to, not Terrence, um, Norman Powell, I think is going to get more starting roles. And that's why I kind of, I'm going more on the Terrence man. I feel like he's shown that fire. He's shown some improvement. And I do believe that he is what they need coming off the bench. He keeps the energy. He keeps the offense going. The first unit is more half court. He's going to keep it running and keep it going fast paced, which is better for their second unit to keep going. Uh, It helps their defense out as well, too. So I think that Terrence Mann, because Norman Powell is going to be thrusted into the starting position by virtue of some uh, injuries that he's going to get that. What was your take? Go ahead.
3: Well, just a couple of things. So Terrence man plus plus ten thousand uh, on on Fanduel. So what's that? Uh, 41st, 41st a hundred to one, forty first forty first lowest odds on
1: that. I'm putting um, a dollar on it. <laughs> and and
3: I, I'll make your I'll make your Terrence man argument for you, but I'll make it better for you. Okay, watch watch what I do here. Terrence Mann is going to could win sixth man of the year because the Philadelphia 76ers have weak depth. So once they trade, finally trade, get this hardened yes, trade God. to go through, Terrence Mann can win sixth man of the year as the sixth man of the Philadelphia
2: 76ers. There you go, wow, sir. Wow. Wow. We got our pod mama with an update. What's going on, Christian?
0: Uh, Hans, I think you may need to make an update on your sixth man of the year because uh, as of Today, or as as of this weekend, Terrence Mann will be a starter for the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: Oh, wow. Well, there it is. Hey, look, I have to change my duality. Who's, who's he starting <laughs> who's, over? Who's, Westbrook? Who's he starting for? I, that's all I'm curious about. Uh,
0: I'm assuming Westbrook. Um, I think they're going to bring him off the bench because, you know, Paul George is a guard, so he'll be playing junior guard. I go. would
3: say I would say keep your pick because we just laid out three different scenarios for, for the Clippers, all of which could <laughs> be plausible, all of which could take place within the first month of the season. So. They, I just don't think it's have... a
0: good I don't think I just don't think it's a good look for one of our hosts to have a starter as a 6 man of the year because we want the listeners to think that we actually know what we're talking about. You
2: know, I don't think he's a starter though. I don't think he's gonna stay as a
0: starter. I mean you can yeah, say don't he's gonna he think he's a starter, but he will be starting for the Los Angeles Clippers this season. I don't yeah, think
1: he's, he start, he's starting as a small forward.
2: I think he'll be coming off the bench. He's Just because the a, Clippers had the most they, changes they got, in lineup last year. So, so Yeah. As of right sorry. now, it's Russ,
1: <laughs> it's Paul, it's man, it's Kawhi and Zubac mm-hmm. That's their starting five currently.
3: So Kawhi's starting change. at power forward.
2: Here yes, we go. Uh, F, stop know, poking the
1: bear, Ev. First of all, <laughs> let's, just let's just be clear. I'm just asking. It's positionless basketball now. Okay. Okay. Let's just agree that that's where the NBA has gone. It's positionless basketball. All right, y'all. We're we're gonna change this up a little
2: differently. Okay. So for our defensive player of the of the year picks, Ev did his namesake Evan Mobley. I guess. I mean, you uh, know, I, I had Brooke Lopez. Lou had Triple J. Triple J. JQ. You know, the Pop Mamba had, you know, that guy, AD.
1: So, I think AD has to get that if you talk about championship contention.
0: I just don't like oh. how Hans Hans makes it seem like it's an outlandish uh take to have AD as a defensive player of the year.
1: No, because it's what it should be, right? That should Correct. be easy for him. Yeah, and but and the, if he, he just hasn't done it.
0: Yeah, if he doesn't do it this year then uh I mean, he ha- he has to do it this year. He really does. He he yeah. needs uh, because he's, he just turned <laughs> yeah, thirty, man. He just I'm turned space. thirty, bro. I'm just
2: saying, I'm this dude, like did, you said, he just turned thirty. He's now just doing. it. He should have been
1: done it. No, 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 no. That's my we, argument. We for can AD.
0: have a discussion about why he, he hasn't been done it. Done no, it. Look, no, we can have a discussion why he hasn't say He felt like he's
1: been snubbed. Yes, he I has. Yes, he has.
2: I understand. Been he been snub all these years. <laughs> yes, or is he really just not that guy defensively you me, as, as you he wanted me, to be? That's all. i tell what I'm me. Saying. You
0: tell me. Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo, and JJJ is better than Anthony Davis at defense in the NBA.
2: We're not saying that. Here's 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 what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm arguing against your. <laughs> Evan, stop um, it. AD, I see legendary you. defensive takes. That's what I'm arguing <laughs> over. Uh, that's what I'm arguing over. AD I has feel like six, he's a AD, solid, AD has six he's a solid defender. The,
0: AD has six blocks in like five minutes against the Suns.
2: Yes, that's preseason. So here's what I'm saying, preseason. Oh, so here's what I'm saying. I feel like, just like what you and Lou, I agree. He has to get it this year. Here's my argument, though. It's my argument. If he's this legendary defender that we put him up to, why has not he? That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all that's the cliffhanger
1: that's for for the next episode. I don't like. I don't your tone. I don't like
0: your tone. <laughs> so, so, so Evan, stop. Evan, stop. No, no, no. I've got nothing wrong. Corner. No slander in no, the corner. Like no so you know when a
1: kid is just about to do something bad and they to wondering. All right, right all right. He's at waiting. <laughs> I'm looking him like Evan. It's, yo, he's about no, to. No,
3: it's good. It's all good. It's all good. So what what I say is, LeBron campaigned hard for this guy last year to get. Uh, Defensive player of the year. Try to put him up in the MVP race as well. Uh, LeBron is trying his hardest to shift the responsibility of the Lakers on to Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis embraces that responsibility on the court, he has the potential to be a defensive player of the year. The challenge is going to be the production versus the narrative. He may not be first in line from a narrative standpoint. So he's going to have to overexceed exceed from a defensive standpoint uh, in order for the narrative to, to just, in order for the narrative to give him enough volume uh, enough push to to win this award. Now, but the Lakers but the Lakers shocked, are a narrative though. team. Yeah, this year's a shot cuz the Lakers are a has, narrative he team. He has
2: help offensively. Exactly. Yeah,
3: the buzz for the Lakers is there. Uh I mean, you know, the pe- people are saying, you know, the odds not only the odds for the Lakers, the general perspective of the Lakers is that they're a top 4 team in the West this year. Uh, I think they have the third best odds uh to win the conference, fifth fifth best odds to win the championship this year. So it's all set up for him to take advantage of that narrative uh, from an award standpoint. He just has to go out there and do it and be and be consistent. And I, I'll reserve any Anthony Davis, any Los Angeles Lakers uh, praise or roasts for y'all. Got thirty days. I, I won't. I won't. I won't bring any of them until until December. I want to see the first month of the season for the
1: Lakers. Yeah i i I, right. I agree with that i agree with that
2: let's let's keep it moving fellas um let's all put our forces together and grill evan for his rookie of the year take because we don't understand why it's not wimby because everybody else put wimby so ev you have one minute 45 or 45 seconds really to defend yourself and we don't understand why you didn't pick wimby. because Go we
1: will ahead. we will kick you out of the elevator while it's moving <laughs> go ahead well, elevator prob- pitch prob- what were Probable you thinking one.
2: were you drunk give us a when story.
3: does when does everybody's doing it ever start off as a great idea um uh, but my my chet take is simply this Oklahoma City severely lacked a center and interior defensive presence last year chet in the preseason looked stronger he looked competent he looked capable on the court. He was hitting threes, he was getting rebounds, he was getting blocks. He was doing all the things that Oklahoma City lacked last year in their in their ahead of schedule pluckiness so to speak. They're another team that's trending upwards in their per perception and projections of where they can accomplish this year. If they're going to accomplish it, it's going to be in large part because Chet Holmgren is doing all those things, checking all those boxes that they didn't have checked last year from a defensive standpoint, from a rebounding standpoint, from a block standpoint, from an interior presence standpoint. And he has a better team around him to make him look good. Wemby's going to get the highlights. He's going to do all kinds of great things, but are the Spurs going to be good? Are they going to be empty stats, so to speak? So my argument for Chet versus Wemby is stats versus substance when we get past the halfway point of the season if the spurs are the one of the bottom two teams in the west and the oklahoma city thunder are one of the top five teams in the west in part because chet Holmgren is putting up those solid numbers i think the argument is going to be there for for chet to get rookie of the year is yeah. when going to play 82 games
2: you
1: yeah. know I, I mean that's another part of it as well
2: go ahead Lou. go ahead, ahead. i'm about
1: to say this this sounds like, this sounds like a conversation that was had in 2000, 2003. It was two guys. Is is that kind of what you about to
3: say? LeBron and Carmelo. I already know what he' about to say. Wow, <laughs>
1: wow, this sounds familiar. Listen, man. By the way, who did you say should have won that MVP? That should have won that Rookie of the Year. Was it LeBron or Carmelo? Who do you think? Who did you say deserved it?
3: I mean, listen, man. Don't I don't don't don't, <laughs> I'm just, don't I don't get My me on
2: record on that. Don't get you on record. Listen,
3: man, I'll put your Melo, used to bust LeBron on on regular the first six years of their career.
2: all right? Don't
3: don't don't get me going down that path. Okay.
2: So I was just here's curious. Why, here's why you're wrong, F. Um, <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> here's why you're wrong. Um, I think Wimby is going to get it because he does everything that chet does i don't know what you mean by stronger like is it physical like bench press stronger or all he, the looks stronger. No, oh, okay, he looks stronger okay. yeah, yeah, no he, he looks yes, physical you know? okay yeah, yeah he know, looks physically I, I agree stronger. with that i wasn't sure like i thought you meant like stronger out the gate that's what i thought you were oh no no no
3: yeah, physically stronger. so
2: um i think wimby has shown us uh that he's willing to meet if not exceed expectations i do think that you are right in the sense of chat has a better team. He has Shay. Like that's all you need to say. Like he has somebody who was literally in the MVP conversation last year and will probably be in it again this year. Now, granted, San Antonio doesn't have that at all. But Rookie of the Year for me notoriously has been individualistic. How are you performing? What's happening? I don't think it's going to be the narrative of the team. I think it's going to be the narrative of who's getting these highlights, who's making things happen. Now, what I will say is that game will be circled when they play against each other because they were going at each other definitely during preseason, so people are going to tune in. And I think that will shift the narrative if Chet outperforms Wimby in those individual matchups, just like you were saying with LeBron and uh, Melo. If Chet outperforms him in those individual matchups, I think it will further thrust him into the conversation. But honestly, bro, it's already, it's locked in, bro. It's checked off on everybody's like thing. It's it's Wimby, bro. Like It is Wimby's well, to lose. It's
1: I, Wimby's I, to lose. Yeah. Basically. It's
3: Wimby it's, it? it's Wimby's to lose. It's Wimby's to lose. I will just, just give you two two quick things. It's Wimby's to lose. Yeah, we gotta go. But one, you know, is is it is it fun if we all pick the same person? I mean, we we can we can have Wimby Love Fest later in the year. Uh but two, usually when multiple rookies are all on bad teams, it's about the accumulation of stats. But when you got a rookie that or rookie, because it's the second year, but when you got a rookie that may be on a very good team versus producing versus a
2: rookie that's on a bad team, like a conference could, finals team.
3: I mean, you never know, you know. That could <laughs> that could potentially shift the argument
2: there. I see that's a foreshadowing there. I see what you did there. That's what you did there. Um, all right, y'all. MVP. Who is going to be the MVP of this? NBA season we all had different
1: takes on this this is hey wild. man I'm just gonna jump in because you already segwayed me I did my I boy did. Go Shea ahead, man. Gilly bro Shea Gilly is continuously upping his game he's gonna be right back in the conversation you see uh, like with Ja how he was able to then really kick up his game be in um, in, in, in MVP conversation probably really was one of the strongest candidates. I mean, obviously, you're going against guys like Joker and Embiid. You got to chalk that up. But, you know what I mean? I think this year, um, especially, you know, if we can see that team make a serious push at being on the top half uh, of the teams, one of the top four teams uh, in the West, I don't see why, you know, you can't give it to Shea. Because Shea really out here giving everybody work on the court everybody work on the court and you're seeing his numbers improve and you're seeing the success of his team. And I think that's the recipe for when you have uh, uh, somebody who's going to win MVP. Um, historically, that's, that's what it's been. It's been the best guy on the best team. Right. And the best guy who who means the most to their team. And we know that's Shea Gilly.
2: Okay. I can't argue with that. I do think that he's coming off a great season coming off a season where they, again exceeded expectations and they're trending in the right direction like ev alluded to we're seeing chet living up and giving the pieces that they are missing and when it comes to their um front court so i honestly can't fault you for that one ev who you got for mvp my i'm
3: going with wardell steph curry and <laughs> i'm going with him because he carries that team i think all the people in front of him have reasons why they would be quote unquote disqualified. So what I mean by that, they're not giving it to Jokic again. Uh, he he's he's on he's on at least a two year hiatus. Yep. They're not giving it to Embiid because they're mad they gave it to him over over Jokic after giving it to him last year. Mm-hmm. Giannis potential, Luka, Not to get in your the way of your pick, Hans. But is Dallas going to be good this year? I don't know. Um, SGA and Curry, I think, are two. Two solid picks. If if their teams are top four teams, they'll be the primary reasons why. They'll get the buzz and they'll get they'll get the they'll they'll get the push towards the MvP. Steph's quietly been putting up 30, I mean not quietly, but 30 36 and six last year. Unbelievable numbers. Yeah. from from you know, so so Steph's that guy, he's a few years removed. He he had to he had to go into his MVP punishment after winning it twice you know he's a few years removed from that so he's back in that realm of okay he could be the positive sentimental pick for oh he's getting the Warriors back to contention again is an easy narrative to write uh so that's that's my reason on, on top of obviously the numbers and production that I think Steph will, will win it this year
2: yeah definitely I'm surprised he wasn't talking about more last year like dude was really but I understand how Joker and B definitely the narrative kind of engulfed Everything else and dwarfs.
1: stuff was in convo last year, because I remember. No, it was exactly was exactly like how 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 you're saying right now. It was I never forget. It was I think Mark Jackson was like or, or Jeff Van Gundy rather. There were during the game, it's happening like yeah, he's he's quietly really putting up crazy numbers, but because of the lack of wins, you know I mean when it's not necessarily translating to wins. If your team is not in the top four, right? If you're not looking at, okay, this team is a in for second round or, you know, or rather a for conference finals discussion, sometimes you get, you know, overshadowed by the other guys who are in that space or in that position, i.e. like Joker and Embiid. Uh, but not, I mean, I fully expect Steph to be, especially if they're able to be formidable this year, especially because, again, what he was doing last year was nuts putting up those points. Shea Gilly not too far behind. I think he's putting up, what, 30, 31, 32 points. I mean, that's what he was averaging last season, 30, 30, 31, 32, and six himself. So, you know, I, I'm I'm definitely expecting it to be, you know, these two guys battling it out, at least on the Western Conference for MVP conversation. Uh,
2: I'm just going to keep mine short because I do want to ask you guys a question before we shift real quick. So I'm going with Luca because I do believe that Kyrie will give him a little bit of uh, respite which will make him more potent offensively. Uh, I do think that Dallas, what will get, what will stop Luca is Dallas's record, similar to what I was saying, right? But I still believe in Luca magic, man. This man puts up, people are forgetting, like this dude was doing people in the league. And I don't think that they've necessarily, I I don't think that um, people have necessarily solved the Luca cheat code yet. I still think he has a lot to give, and I do think he's going to put up some crazy numbers and still be in the conversation and running for MVP. My question before we shift gears, guys, how much do you think this new NBA rules of having them play at least 55, 65 games in order to get these awards is going to play into people achieving these awards? Are we going to see a drop off of our kind of recurring players that are typically always in contention for these awards or are we going to see more people in contention for these awards by virtue of this rule
3: i think Uh, a combination of the rules a combination of the uh like in-season tournament the outright pressure from nba leadership to put emphasis on the regular season i think the cumulative effect of those you're going to see a much more competitive, uh, NBA season. I think we're already seeing it in the preseason. So yeah, man, I preseason think preseason has been great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think teams are, are gearing up now to really make a run for it. I, I think that the, the resting players, uh, was probably more an outlier than the narrative because you know you the, the majority of your non superstars they're trying to play so i think that the pressure is now on the superstars hey listen this we got to be serious about this season and so i think it's going to be beneficial for awards races for the overall perception of the league and for the games that we get this year i'm I'm so excited about this season
1: i think one or two things are going to happen it's either that the incentive incentives behind winning awards like MVP and so on are going to be significant enough that it will make players care or the exact opposite the 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 value of an MVP award is going to go down right do I really care about it as much now do I think the latter is as feasible I'd be shocked to see if if it was if it turned towards you know the latter point uh, but I do think that incentives around it, uh, not just winning it, right? Because I mean, let's be real, money motivates. So if you know that in your contract you get a little bit of extra something before I go get it, naturally, I think younger younger guys in the league are going to be the ones that are going to be pushing because they, you know, these guys want want to make a name for themselves. But I think it, the the biggest thing is going to be on the guys like LeBron and them. The elder statesman of, of the NBA, these guys are going to be the ones to set the pace if they stick with it. If they actually appreciate, okay, we got we do have to be on the court. We do have to play because really, NBA leadership is saying, stop messing with our money. We need you at these primetime games, even if it's not, even if it's a lower tier primetime game. We can't just have you guys just sitting for the sake of sitting. Go out there, make it competitive. Make the fans love the game. Make them want to spend the money. Let's get our viewership up. And so on, and I think that's uh, so. I, I do think that all of these things, all of these factors, as Evan said, are going to push people to be more competitive. But I do think there's also one, I mean, another side of it that can happen is that you know just the the emphasis, just like we've seen, people don't want to do the dunk contests like they used to. You know how All Star really has dropped off, so on and so forth, certain things like. And so we'll, we'll see, you know, how much importance the players give to these awards now.
3: I think we're going to circle back in the right direction uh, as far as the competitiveness on, on all of these events. I, I, I gotta, I have a take that I'm not going to give today. Cause I don't want the pop mama to get mad at me, but um, LeBron's role in all of this. We'll, we'll talk it again. Like I said, lay, lay, Laker love from me for the first 30 days. So we'll, we'll gotcha. You're ask me in you in December.
0: Evan, I will never get mad at you. I'll just, be disappointed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He'll just edit your takeout. Um. All right. So,
0: all right, y'all. <laughs> moving
2: forward. Moving forward. Uh. Just like Ev, though, I am excited, man. I am super excited for the competitive level of this this game, this league. It's trending in the right direction. Just in the preseason, guys taking no more flops. Yeah, these guys are taking it seriously, going at each other. I can't remember. It, it had to probably be like LeBron Miami days where the preseason was just like, oh, like these guys are kind of going at each other, at least for me when I was kind of hyped to see it. Just to see Golden State and Sacramento really go at each other and go into overtime and they're taking it seriously, like, I, I love that. I love that. And I'm excited. So that brings us into these team awards, y'all. Let's start off with the conference finals. Who do you guys think is running away with the East? Who's going to be on on top of it?
1: I'll go first. I think, hey, we're talking about the East. It, it's, the question is, who doesn't have the Bucks. Who doesn't have the bucks is facts, winning the East. Facts, facts. That's really the I got, question. I have Boston. Okay. okay. Boston. I started this with. Can we? Is there a way to block his square? Like we yeah. Podmum. Is there a way That's to awesome. block Evan's square? <laughs> because massive. this
0: is the second egregious statement I've he's made. I've been trying to find a feature like that for a while now. Um, I've even sent Skype a uh, or Zoom a. Uh, <laughs> A uh oh uh, help email. this ticket, that's that's, the help first this ticket. Problem. that's that's the yeah. first problem
3: there. You sent an email to Zoom calling them Skype, they didn't want to hear from you
0: either. So Zoom, <laughs> yeah, Skype, let's, I mean it's all the same, to be honest. But yeah, I've I've sent them an email. I've been I've been clamoring about giving me this this uh this button to, to do this stuff because uh as as podcasters and producers, like we do need to uh just silence some people sometimes, you know. My
3: takes my takes make it interesting. And 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 here's here's my Boston take here. I understand the Bucks pick, right? They've got Giannis, they've got Dame. Sounds great. Boston's been at this one for seven straight years now. Like they've they've equipped themselves. They're they're battle tested. Two, Boston's deeper than the Bucks. Not only in the starting five, but also in the bench. So When it comes down to it, Boston has a second-year coach versus the Bucs' first-year coach. Boston has familiarity with beating the Bucs with Giannis at his best. I understand that they have Dame now. I get it. It's it's a toss-up. There's a reason why they're tied for the lowest odds, according to FanDuel, to win the East, because it's an absolute toss-up. When it comes down to it, I think the institutional knowledge the wars that they've been through, the the collective, uh, you know, the collective understanding that they already have instilled that the Bucks will be spending this season trying to gain, gives Boston the slight edge. Now, if the Bucs win, I, I won't be, you know, tremendously surprised. I think they'll be the the top two teams. They'll be the teams there. It'll probably go seven, but I give I give Boston the slight edge based on what they've already accomplished as a group.
2: Got you. And for me, honestly, I was vacillating between the two. Um, I don't think that That's outside of those two, it's going to be anybody else. I really do think that it's going to be Boston or, <laughs> or the Butts.
0: That's a big um, word. That's a big word, Hans. Word of the day for you?
1: Yeah. It is. Maybe. Spell that, baby. Is that Listen. with two S's or is that an SC?
2: <laughs> Listen, let me type it into Google. All right, y'all. West Side, West Side. Some say it's the best side. Who we got coming out? Who's not choosing Phoenix? So uh, I think
3: the funny part about Lou. this is that we all had different picks for the mm-hmm. West, which speaks to how wide open the the West is. Uh, yeah, definitely. Let's let let's let Lou talk talk his pick first.
1: Yeah, I mean, realistically, my my pick is a troll. <laughs> <laughs> it is a troll, but. Uh, you know, I, I I think that they have a shot. You know, barring any they trade, being the Clippers. Absolutely, I'm getting there. Barring any trade with the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, because if they, the Clippers, are to acquire James Harden, I will strike that from the 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 the, the scroll immediately. Because I do not think Harden will at all move the needle to uh, help the Clippers win. Uh, uh nba championship or world western conference finals so no i think that the um, i think that the clippers again like we're talking about with a bunch of different brothers players or teams like this is the year to do it and if they don't forever hold your peace and i think this is it for the clippers you know i think this is really going to be the last year that they're going to be able to make a push and it's either you get to that western conference finals or you know what you guys are going to blow up the team. So I think they're going to do what they need to do to make a push for that this year. I think we see all the guys come back healthy. Again, where, why certain players were out and were they really injured? You know, that's up for debate. And, uh, you know, that's hearsay and, uh, and and whispers amongst the league. But I think everybody comes back healthy this year. I think they figure out all the pieces. I think, you know, we, we see how Westbrook really uh, falls in line as a piece to the, to the Clippers and everybody else that they've acquired. And I think that they they get to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think they win it.
2: Got you, got you. We all did have different takes on it. Um, my take, I don't think it's too crazy. It's Denver. I don't see, I don't think they'll be an easy team to knock off. Uh, they're fluid. They have most of their pieces coming back, minus one or two uh, death issues. But I do think they're the team to knock off. They're the team to beat off the throne. They're solid. Jokic is just solid. So they're, they're the team to beat. Ain't, ain't too much going on there. Ev, any take on the Western Conference for you?
3: Well, you know, I have, I have Phoenix, and it's for two reasons. I think uh, KD and Booker got some time, time in the fire last season. They've had an off season, and now they have a full season together. You bring in Bradley Beal in the fold, and just from the preseason, it just looks like easy basketball with the three of them. That mixed with – Say what you want about the pieces that they picked up in in their bench, but
2: they did the defensive put together juggernaut Nurkic.
3: Listen, I'm surprised we didn't have him in the in the in the defensive player of the year conversation. He might have been our fifth pick, but I, I think how I to
1: spell his name. <laughs> I think they did
3: establish depth though around those three players. Uh, so I, I just think that they're going. They're a more complete team, and just that level of easy basketball is going to be a tough out. Um again, the West is a toss up. I mean I I've got I've got a backup pick that I, I don't even want you guys to worry have you, about. Have you
1: have you ever like ate a bag of chips? But it, like when you open it, it was like mostly air and you're like you're still hungry afterwards. <laughs> kind of like it's like empty calories. Wow, so every, every uh, bag of chips, oh, every man. bag of wow. chips ever
0: made.
1: You wow. know what? You that's my nickname for booker. Devin bag, bag of, of chips is booker.
2: Wow, empty bag of chips. So I'm
1: I'm doubling down
3: on this Phoenix pick just just so I can drive Devin Booker down your throat. Pause. (laughs) Pause. This year. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not that (laughs)
0: podcast here. (laughs)
2: <laughs> my my concern is with phoenix and we're going to end it on this take y'all we got two more takes we're going to give you guys on the next episode because i don't want to rush in. they're great takes our ball prediction and our nba championships but my concern i had with phoenix was is there enough ball to go around now what i saw in the preseason between burker and Durant gave me some hope and even with bill but i saw that they were staggering them in terms of how they were playing them and i just kind of want to see how that goes in the regular season But I do agree with Ev that that is buckets upon buckets. Like, I don't think they'll be stopping people. I think they'll just be outscoring people like Golden State was doing early on in their run. Just who's the first 120? Stop us. Good luck. So so I do think that that's going to be their mindset. I'm just interested to see when it comes down to it. I think this this is my take. I think Booker's the closer.
3: He absolutely is. It's not even think. I know it's is his it, team. Is, he's is he's getting the ball okay first. Yeah, I, I Durant think, I think, said it. Durant yeah, has said, said okay it. okay said it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. It's Booker's the closer. Durant's looking forward to being off the ball, catch, catching it off of Booker action and having to deal with one defender versus two or three, which he's dealt with his whole career. And Bradley Bill, same way. Booker, primary not, option. Now
1: when the 2016 Warriors, when they had to defend everybody else, but. Well,
3: uh, you know, you know. Well, uh. I think I think uh, you know when you, what you just said was was exactly you mixed you you mix me up there for a second. But what you just said is exactly right. Durant thrived in that role when when Steph and the movement around Steph was creating chaos and creating action. Durant was loving. Uh, listen, this is this is candy storm right here. You know, easy one on one buckets. Who's stopping it? I think Durant's looking for that same thing with with Booker and Booker's. Listen, B- Booker's got that action, man. I I, I know we in disagreement over over the value of Devin Booker, uh, but I think I think Devin Booker's gonna have a great season. Durant's gonna have a great season. Then Bradley Bill is gonna be like, look, the weather's better than DC, the golf <laughs> is better than DC. Oh man. wow, he, he's gonna listen, be having the time of his life. No, no offense, DC. I, I love I love I love the original Chocolate City and Mambo sauce. Nobody get at me,
2: okay? Hey, yeah. McDonald's coming out with a mambo sauce. Y'all saw that? Wild. You know
3: what? I, I saw that, man. That's
2: wild. I don't, I don't know how
3: trouble. I feel about that. McDonald's might be a one day. I don't want to say the wrong Some, thing. So. somebody's
2: getting sued. Right. All right, y'all. Yo we like i said we still got two more predictions we're going to give it to you guys on the next episode i really want to thank everybody for listening listen the three on three podcast drops every wednesday so look at look out for the three on three podcast wherever you get your podcast we're on all platforms episodes drop every wednesday weekly thank you guys so much for listening fellas i'm excited about this season i know you guys are as well Thank you for coming on here. Christian, thank you so much for being here in the background as our resident Laker, b upper in, in production. But we appreciate it, y'all. We'll see you guys next time. Look out for the next episode of the 3 and 3 Podcast.
1: What can I say? Mamba out.
2: The 3 on 3 podcast is hosted by Evan Butler-Sands, Lou Ferdinand, and yours truly, Hans Luidorf. It is also produced by Christian Gonzalez. You can follow 3 on 3 on Twitter and Instagram at the 3 on 3 podcast. If you'd like to email us, you can do so at the 3 on 3 podcast at gmail.com.